Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. Carolyn, I have been accused at times of being, <laughs> they never call me a yes person, I'm most often accused of being a nay person. Okay, I can. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. But well, you okay. could, because that's exactly where I was kind of taking it. Yeah, okay. Uh, I am probably not one of the more agreeable. I'd be the doubting Thomas. Show me. Uh, you have to prove it to me. I'd test it. I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I have great disdain for yes people. Mm-hmm. Do you have any of those yeah. folks in your life that... Well... <laughs> Yes, um, I try not to be that person. Uh, I've seen the transformation of people that didn't used to be that way, and then when infused with a little bit of influence, a little bit of power, then they turned into that. And mm. it's kind of interesting to watch that transformation, but um, I don't know that we are born that way as far as like our temperament, but I think it can be molded into that. Well, I think you are pretty cooperative. I hope so. <laughs> and so, and that's what I was getting to, is that I don't want to be disagreeable, and I certainly don't want to be contentious, and I don't want to be, as the Bible would maybe frame it, disobedient. But I do ask, can you give me a little bit more information, or can you help me understand why? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, no. <laughs> there, there, Unless probably, it's God talking, then you I was going to say, other than there's him. times that God could try to explain it to me, and I don't get it. And mm-hmm. then I just have to do it. Right. Uh, and then when that happens, I have to turn into a yes person. Because if I'm not, I don't get it done. Now, again, this may be one of those things that you have encountered, or maybe not, mm-hmm. in the work that you do the professional aspect or pastoral care, Christian counseling ministry. Yes, I am currently sort of going through something like that, and it's little, it's new, it's different, but um, I have found that I'm drawing strength that way by being, you know, saying yes to God. And and I'm not going to lie, it's been a little bit difficult, but um, I've discovered it's been it's been really good. It, I've discovered some part. I don't even know how to describe it. Some part of our relationship, me and God, that God and I, me and God, that I didn't really realize was there. I'm not describing this very well. I I just have noticed that our relationship well, has gotten closer since I've went through this process. Well, and, and I think it's called boundaries. <laughs> you, you, you may not have gone there. That may not be where you're taking this, uh, in your thinking, uh, mm-hmm. or your mind was taking mm-hmm. this. But the idea, though, is not necessarily so much with you, although I appreciate, always appreciate your personal sort of reflections on things and applications and candor. I'm sure our podcast listeners do as well. But I was thinking even so in terms of others that we help. That's a common problem is that once you know what you need to do, people don't do it. And then they look at me and say, well, how do you make me do it? <laughs> I say, I can't make you do it. 
And they're saying, but that's why you're who you are, and I'm who I am, and that's why I'm here to see you. Is give me the secret formula to doing it. It doesn't work that way. But but boundaries, I'll say this real quick and then let you reflect on that. The boundaries, though, that idea of boundaries, I think once you insert boundaries into any relationship or understand the boundaries, the concept of boundaries, insert that, understand boundaries, all relationships get better. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and I think, (laughs) thank you for helping me get through the weeds on that. That's exactly what's happened, not so much that um, I I have added some boundaries, but I think that God has more clearly defined those boundaries, which helps me, because when I know who built the fence and why, then it helps me to stay within my own yard. Mm-hmm. And that's good for me because I want to, um, sometimes, like you said, I, I, <laughs> I can sort of question and, you know, I can be a little uncooperative and, and I don't like to admit that. Yeah. But uh, I think that's how we are. I think our flesh well, doesn't always just jump up and be like, yes, sir. You know, we, we want to do what we want to do. And, right? and I don't, yeah, and I don't know that being a yes person, <laughs> described it in a negative sort of way, a yes man or yes woman mm-hmm. who would be agreeable to anything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, God wants us, and I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. Disobedience is frowned upon. I mean, God does not like disobedience. And that idea that to be able to say yes is honorable. Send me, Lord. Mm -hmm. Yes, Lord. Mm -hmm. And with that, then that element of courage, I suppose, that goes Mm -hmm. along with it. Because when you say yes, and even as you might begin to have begun to appreciate some of the complications along the way that might occur along the way, yes means a whole lot more. Trust. Trust. Because you're going out there and you know it's not going to be the easiest thing. Maybe you can see a bit of the struggle. Abraham. But at the same time... Mm -hmm. Saying yes, when God says it, that's a good sort of yes. Mm-hmm. And that's a cooperation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that you like to get into everything. I have a hard time, too, with boundaries in this sense. Mm-hmm. I do want to go wherever God is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's the neighbor's fence. You know, it's I'm not supposed to be in his yard or her yard. Right. I'm supposed to stay in my yard, and I get intrusive. Mm-hmm. You know, and they don't want me there because it's really not my turf, mm-hmm. <laughs> my territory. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. Oh, I had that um, sort of come up with me last night with his boundaries, and even even Tim was questioning me. What are you doing? And I just was communicating with this young girl that um, I believe God's crossed, you know, our paths, and and I caught myself, and I, I think it was His mercy that protected me from. Have you ever started typing a message? <laughs> Not so much that you uh, hit the backspace and decided I won't send it, but actually my phone died, mm. and then I was like, oh, wait a minute, I had this big paragraph I was going to send her. But in God's providence later, when I charged my phone, then I seen that <clears throat> maybe that wasn't the best message. And maybe I needed to kind of back up and reevaluate my boundaries with her. And then I was able to talk to her a little bit more reasonably, a little bit more appropriately, because I think, you know, I had to step back and take a moment rather than just charging forward. Like you said, sometimes we want to 
jump the fence. Well, and I think that that is the point where condemnation, mm-hmm. I'm going to read a passage from mm-hmm. King James, that's mm-hmm. why I come up with that word, but temptation mm-hmm. sort of comes in because mm-hmm. maybe it is something that even out of your best of motives, right. you want to do it, but for whatever reason, God mm-hmm. says maybe that, maybe even that it's not right to do, just not now. Mm-hmm. And patience being one of those virtues, fruit of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, that's one of those things that we have to practice. Mm-hmm. But that too requires us to not only know boundaries, but in some ways, I guess all this comes back to, <laughs> dare I say it, self-discipline or being able to mm-hmm. say no. Yes. Because there's two then parts of that. There's having to know the right and the wrong, and then there's having to do the right and the wrong. And who might biblically be an expert on that better than James, right? Or at least the book of James. So I'm going to read uh, a verse, James 5.12. But above all things, my brethren, swear not neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath. But let your yea be yea, and your nay, nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. Hmm. Now, of course, the easy route on that is, interpretation-wise, is to say, well, he's talking about God. <laughs> and he's talking about what God's told you to do, and that should just be it. You know, pure mm-hmm. obedience. It never is it. Again, even mm-hmm. as we've tried to capture it right. at, at, earlier on in today's podcast, or at this point in today's podcast, by, by now our listeners have appreciated it's not easy, at least not easy for me. But to know God's word or to know what God's word might be on any particular matter or circumstance is real important. So that I would not only know right from wrong or what is righteous in the situation, but you know, I'm goofy enough at times, I'll go right out there and promise. Well, I'm going to do it. And because of integrity, Mm -hmm. for the sake of integrity. And then you have to do it. I'll go ahead. Yeah, but I'll go ahead and say, well, I said I was going to do it, so I'm going to do it. Right. And then you get bound mm-hmm. and determined. But mm-hmm. if you don't get that right, if you're not right, if it's not right, righteousness, then you've just gotten into an oath. Yep. <laughs> you've got a situation. You've married the wrong person. Mm-hmm. I'm not literally, but mm-hmm. you've gotten into a relationship mm-hmm. with the wrong person, and you're staying with that individual <laughs> Till death do you part. And that's not the way it should be. Mm-hmm. Right? You should consider it on the front end mm-hmm. and let God give you that direction of guidance, which again is got nothing to do with marriage. That's not the direction I want to take it. I, I I know we stay in marriage. I know that you marry hopefully equally yoked, all that, the person grows too. But it makes it a more arduous, difficult journey. And why do we want, again, as I like to to do or say, why do we want that? What's good about that? It reminds me. (laughs) Oh, boy. And Tim listens to these podcasts, so I I have to, you know, I have to take that in consideration. When we were engaged and I was a little, you know, I'd already said yes. So let me be clear about that. You were bound. You had taken a yoke, a nose, not a yoke, a Yes, and I had, you know, said yes. And, um... I just kind of, you know, discussed with someone the possibility, you know, is this right? You know, am I making the right decision? Cold feet. And uh, she said, 
I still remember this. She said, well, maybe not, but it could just be Abraham and you could just live together like they did in the Bible. <laughs> I was like, what a consolation. That doesn't really help me any. I don't want to be like that and just live like people in the Bible. I don't know. But, but there is a great book, and you know, I love to read. And it, this conversation reminds me of that. And it's called The Best Yes. And it talks about that, about keeping our word and about what we say yes to and what we say no to and keeping our best yes for God and keeping all the other yeses, you know, for things maybe that uh, he's got in store for us. But that doesn't always mean that we're supposed to jump out and do everything. So I, I just can't help but think of that, that teaching really helped me a lot because I would be that person that would, oh, yes, that's a great idea. And of course, if it's for the Lord, you know, then uh, the religious part of me would want to pounce on that because then, oh, you know, that would be serving God even more. And how could that be wrong? And so it sort of forces you to examine that. And we don't always need to say yes to everything because not every, God's not calling us to do everything. No, and, and certainly there's some things, even as with this condemnation and this notion of temptation, mm-hmm. uh, and it could be, again, not that everything that we would either say yes or no to would have to have implicitly sin in it. Mm-hmm. It's a timing thing. It's a direction thing. Right. But when you know some things are sinful mm-hmm. or when the devil you can see really, again, I- I- easily, <laughs> this is like God says, don't. It's like Balaam. God says, don't. And then you go ahead and do it. But then, but going back to patients or clients or folks who come mm-hmm. see us, uh, when I tell them you just have to do it, now that we've gone through all of the discovery, now that we've gone through all of the establishment of mm-hmm. what I'll call the hypothesis, you know, mm-hmm. we've analyzed the situation, we've looked at it, we've prayerfully looked at it, mm-hmm. we've looked at it in context of the Word, we've right. understood how God has intentioned us to give us His mind so that we can cooperate. Mm-hmm. And maybe sometimes we make independent decisions. I don't think we ever do with God. Don't. I'll take that back. I think that it, it, there's room within God's will for us to have some say, mm-hmm. in a, a bit of a say in a direction. Right. And that's mm-hmm. always the right thing to do. He mm-hmm. sets the boundaries. He sets mm-hmm. the perimeter, mm-hmm. the pr- parameters, which defines the perimeter. And we stay within that, right. operate within that. goes along with what we've been saying. But at the same time, once you get there, you know, and yes, you have to test the hypothesis, mm-hmm. which I mean is the choice. Yes, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean even as you do that, that that is in and of itself entirely wrong because there is room also for forgiveness, grace and mercy and feedback. Mm -hmm. But don't swear it or don't become so bullheaded that you're not going to take the feedback or, and where I was going with this comment, on the other hand, uh, but I still can't do it. No, you can, (laughs) but I can't. How do I do it? No, you can And then it gets back to that notion of make me do it. Mm. And God never makes anybody do anything. And and that never happens in Christian counseling. Mm -hmm. Our pastoral care, Christian counseling. It never happens. I can't ever make anybody do it. I can't trick them into doing it. Mm -hmm. I can't manipulate them into doing it. I don't have enough power. I don't have enough control. I can convict them at times because I believe as I speak the word, it stirs up the Holy Spirit inside of them. So that I will admit to. That's an intention of Mm -hmm. mine because he can help them do it. But I don't even know that he can, the Holy Spirit can make somebody do anything. Mm -hmm. 
And that's the whole point. You have to first make the choice, know what's right or wrong, make the choice, mm-hmm. and then do it. Or if you don't, then you run the risk of not only being wrong, but if it's a pattern in your life of disobedience, when your nay is not in a good sort of way, boundaries, but just disobedience, mm-hmm. that gets you in trouble, and you're not going to get better. Right. So here's my question to you, Carolyn, if that makes any sense. Okay. How do you convey that to that person? Not only it's their choice, but they have to find within themselves the strength to do it. Because that's another one of those perils. They keep coming back in and saying, it's not working. Well, I'm sorry it's not working. And I try to be kind. Because mm-hmm. really at that point, I'm already kind of getting that sense. It's you. You're not doing what we're saying you need to do. It's not working. What did you do? Well, I really, this happened and I couldn't. And well, if you don't do what we say, mm-hmm. it's, but the Bible's the same way. Once you figure it out, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Great uh, faith without works is, as James, I said mm-hmm. that earlier, is a good mm-hmm. place to go to. Faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find life if you're not able to put that into action. Hmm. Hmm. So many things there packed inside of that. Whew. I was just reading Leviticus this morning, as I've shared a couple of times, I've been studying Leviticus. And the sin offerings and all the things that goes along with that. There is a choice to be made. And we, you mentioned that when we present to them. And I like to say options. I told the girl last night. She said, well, they, they make me crazy. <laughs> oh, they, they do. And I said, you always have options. You have a choice in how you're going to respond. So I think you know, we have to kind of step back and see the bigger picture. But then the choice then, as I was reading, you know, in Leviticus talking about these the sin offerings and, and how, you know, they present themselves and, and at some points the priests come to them, which was a beautiful picture of, of uh, God coming to us. There's shame and then there's condemnation. And we know that when sin first presents itself and, and say we're say we're saying uh, yes or, or the person is sharing with us something it would be easy to point the finger. I think they, you know, they might have some shame, you know, what what happened or whatever, and they're sharing with us. And then, you know, like you said, the discovery when we go through the options. But then there's a choice there to go down the road of condemnation, and that's not where Christ wants us to go. And I think that's where people can get sort of, you know, mixed up in that and the blame game, and and you know, it's not working well. <laughs> Have you thought about that the problem might be you? Kind of like what you just said, because we can we can go down that road and then you know take it to where well, they don't address the problem. They're too they well, made themselves too big instead yes. of instead and of addressing the actual problem. I agree, and I think the intent there is to really not do it. It's just, I don't right. know, it's exactly. a smokescreen mm-hmm. or it's some rationalization. They may not even realize it. But but what they're doing basically is they're un, they're confounding everything mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. therein they're creating a scenario that mm-hmm. they can't do and they're mm-hmm. justifying it mm-hmm. in some ways. Right. Because really when they get to that point, then all of that shame, oh yeah, yeah, I just I don't know, you know, and they go on I and just on. Can't and on. Do it. I, I had a patient <laughs> 
because they were just like trashing their pastor and trashing the church and all this stuff. And, mm. you know, and I said, well, you know, have you found a church of late? And yeah, there's one. I said, well, you need to go talk to that pastor. And, and then, you know, I don't hear from them. And then I find on Google. They, they Google me. And they basically say something along this line. Well, I guess that uh, Dave Clay is not really going to be able to help me because all he could say is send me to my pastor. Well, her issue was with the pastor and mm-hmm. with the church mm-hmm. and this stuff you're in mm-hmm. that you were talking about, mm-hmm. that you were uh, in Leviticus. The mm-hmm. book of Levit- she was using her shame as a shield mm-hmm. to, def- to, to uh, deflect mm-hmm. the responsibility to not only understand the implicit messaging of choice, but she had an obligation to let her yippee nay and her nay be right. nay. And, she went, no, and, no. and I was not going to let her off the hook. Mm-hmm. And right. people do get angry at right. me. Do, exactly. do you, I don't know if you've ever had that. Again, I try to be kind. Yes. I try to do it in love. But in the end, mm-hmm. if it's not working, it's probably not because of me. Mm-hmm. It's because you're not doing what you need to do. That's a harsh statement to tell somebody. And you could say that. Well, they really don't know yet. It's going to take a while, but somewhere along the way, you have to hold up the standard. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the standard is Old Testament. This is right. This is wrong. And you need to learn, dare I say again, previous podcast, I think I maybe said earlier in this podcast, you have to learn self-discipline. Mm-hmm. That's where your yay and nay has to happen, or at least the ability. Mm-hmm. Moses had to learn to lay down the staff. Mm-hmm. It was all God, always God's intention to get him out of Egypt, but all those things that otherwise were against Pharaoh, the plagues and all that, mm-hmm. it was certainly somewhat Pharaoh's inability to, to make a good decision. Right. Just established it. He couldn't. But Moses had to learn when to move and when not to move. Mm-hmm. And how to listen to God and when to turn right, when to turn left, when to go up, when to go down, when mm-hmm. cloud by day, fire by night. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of that sounds a little bit overwhelming, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like too much work. It should just, again, be real <laughs> easy. And I could say, well, just follow the Holy Spirit. And yes, but we contend with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He has those kinds of counseling discussions with me all the time. Mm-hmm. I never do anything impulsively. Now, you live with me a good bit of the day, at least at, <laughs> yeah. at work. And I'm sure that goes through your mind. Well, you know, calm down, Dave. Or don't say this or don't say that. Well, yes, Actually, but no. all of that, I don't know that it's all calculated, but I always, it's like driving my car. I never drive my car without knowing where my brake pedal is. Mm-hmm. And I am diligently seeking guidance mm-hmm. and I've prayed about it and thought about it but then there's times to act I don't know that I have to be so dramatic but there's times that you have to be dramatic and sometimes you don't mm-hmm. now you can get upset because somebody else could because well why do you put us through all that because you're not listening <laughs> you know it's like Moses it's not all drama for the sake of drama mm-hmm. but it's for the sake of somebody getting out of that maybe mm-hmm. partly out of that kind of posturing mm-hmm. oh, I just can't do this I can't get this done. Well, somebody could do it because it's being done somewhere. Mm-hmm. You could do these things. I'll shut up. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I was reminded of um, how I have seen you do that. And it was necessary, but it worked. And that's, that's the beauty of it is that when we follow the Holy Spirit, sometimes it is 
in a dramatic fashion. But if that's what it takes, and I, I think about that illustration of the car battery, I know it's, <laughs> our listeners are probably like, Carolyn, your train of thought. But my mind just goes so fast. The uh, battery, the car battery illustration, somebody shared that with me once. I know it's very simple, but it's so applicable because it takes positive and negative for the car to run. Okay, so it's yes or no. It's, we're gonna move forward, we're gonna, I heard it described once as failing forward. We're moving, but that doesn't mean it's always gonna be perfect, but it's gonna happen. We're gonna, we're gonna succeed, we're gonna fail, we're gonna succeed, we're gonna fail. But it takes both to move, it takes both to work. And I kinda of laughed early when you said that about the Holy Spirit because I'm uh, currently in the middle of something and you know we're in Lenten season and my daughter Bella you know when she asks for anything it's like you know you just yes dear I'll give you the world mm -hmm. you know because I she's just you know it's hard for me to say no to her I really have to practice boundaries with her and so she, <laughs> she asked me if I would bake her a peach cobbler mm. <laughs> and there's some sentimental sentimental to out sentimentality is that a word sentimental things with that you know my grandma and I have her cookbook and you know that's her recipe and all that kind of thing and so I had to endure that but I chose to do it yeah I had a choice and I was thinking about that when you said that thinking about you know uh, I can't tell her no you know of course I can tell her no but you know there's this idea you know um, me trying to take care of her feelings you know make her feel better well um, I did and then um, I did really good for about four hours <laughs> I know <laughs> oh and then I had to go through that where you know there's the whole um you know, am I going to take a bite? Am I going to do that? And then the, the shame or the condemnation came in. And, well, you you wanted me to make this. You asked for this. Mm -hmm. I could blame it on her. I didn't. But all those thoughts were swirling around my head. But, uh, yeah, so I had a little bit, of, um, little bit of shame there where there was a couple bites taken. But, you know, that's the thing, though, is I didn't stay there. And I didn't go down in condemnation. And I felt like God was speaking to me in that and you know, saying, this is so much how you have to rely on me. Look how much you, you know. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so grateful that not only is he not pointing his finger at me in a shameful way, but in a, let's, let me, more like his hand. Let me help you out. Let's get back on the path. Let's keep going. Let's move forward. So I can get up today and not, or yesterday and not feel like I'm walking in, in shame or mm -hmm. condemnation from him. So it's, it's a beautiful picture when you're, when you're following him, even though, <laughs> even though we might get scattered in our yeses and no's, um, he's always there to, to point us right on the right path. And, and I think you're describing it wonderfully. Uh, and again, as you say, there's a lot to unpack in all that. Mm -hmm. I think you're describing it wonderfully in relevance. God brings everything down to that very intimate personal, and that yes. is integrity. And I think the idea of the shame, you're right. It, it would not be that God would want to shame us or keep us in shame or condemnation or even feed into that, oh, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I'm so horrible. I'm mm -hmm. not good enough, mm -hmm. you know, and where that sort of is as Elijah. you're... Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, though, I do think that as much then 
we are forgiven and we have the opportunity for redemption. And God then would use all of these things, uh, including thunder and lightning mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. fire mm-hmm. and bondage. And yeah, not everything has to be drama. I get that. But sometimes that's the only way to move things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had a podcast, I think it was the last one, we were talking about all the uncertainties, the trying mm-hmm. times, mm-hmm. as we like to call it seemingly nowadays. Uh, we're going through some trying times. No, I'm really angry. You know, I'm, I'm right. upset. It's not like yeah. just trying times. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, it's sort of like they want to beat you down and keep mm-hmm. you there. Mm-hmm. Just kind of concede mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. say uncle, say quick, so we can get on with it. But no, it, it would be, though, that all of that, even what we're going through right now, does not necessarily mean that God isn't in it. And I don't think God's a, a you know a, a person who an entity. He's not a person. He got personality, I guess. Entity, as far as we would measure mm-hmm. humanly, mm-hmm. but entity that would otherwise like to create a bunch of drama. But mm-hmm. that's what uh, we appeals to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We live it. Exactly. We're just that. I mean, go to movies. We go to plays. We love music. We're passionate. We're he created I mean, all that. He created and, and those lightning are all and emotions. Mm-hmm. It, and so I don't know that any of those are out of scope necessarily a range mm-hmm. for a normal human kind of reaction or as we interact. But I do think that they need to be rightly, again, sort of governed. Mm-hmm. And God gives us some latitude kind of within, again, those boundaries. But that's what drives us. Emotion is motive. And if you don't have emotion, you're not going to have motive to do anything. As a matter of fact, any situation that takes away emotions or restricts your range of emotions, mutes them, you're probably not going to find a very ambitious or active or lively stone. They're not going to be doing a lot. They're maybe not even going to be aspiring to a lot. So I don't create drama in the counseling situation or circumstance. But what I do is I recognize the importance of the drama. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't always rescue people mm-hmm. too soon. I don't become that proverbial as we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. Yes, person, even in a counseling situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But once that person across from me figures out it's all coming back to them, that's when they get a little squirrely or squirmy. You know, yeah. they don't like Things that. calm down a little bit. They start getting quiet. Well, yes. And, mm-hmm. and or... Yes, they could go that way, and then mm-hmm. they ghost. They mm-hmm. get so quiet they're not there. <laughs> or they do what that other person I was telling you about earlier, telling our podcast listeners about earlier. They get really mad, but they don't come to me because that would be too drama. Mm-hmm. That would right. be too you know, mm-hmm. confrontational. Mm-hmm. No, we need to sort this out. Where's the motive? Mm-hmm. Because if I can't identify the motive or the emotion that drives the motive, mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to energize in a material sort of dimension. You say, well, mm-hmm. it's all about obedience. Yes, it's, it is all about obedience. And that would have been the easier. I said that earlier mm-hmm. when I read that passage from James. Mm-hmm. The easiest route is just to say, do what God tells you to do. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way humans operate, right. nor, as you said, the way God intentioned us mm-hmm. to operate. Even with our children, I mean, would you agree that they... <laughs> Sometimes I've had that conversation, uh, you know, and they, this is what I want you to do. No, I don't want to do that. Not that they literally say that to me, but it, I guess maybe they have. But, you know, the intention is push back. I don't want to do that. 
And that's when I have to go right for that emotion and that motive and the heart. That's what I was thinking when you said that. It's where is your heart? What what do you see me trying to do with this? Do you see me as trying to boss you around? Or do you see me as trying to protect you? And those conversations are paying off because I've actually heard uh, one of them say, I know that you were trying to do this, and I'm sorry. And boy, did that, you know, I, I was like, wow, okay, finally. <laughs> somebody understands what I'm trying to get at. Because somebody said that to me once, and you can sit there and kind of, like you said, get, you know, things get squirrely, and, you know, we start looking around, and, you know, are we going to fight or flight? And she said, he's not mad at you, Carolyn. He's mad for you. Mm-hmm. And that all righteous, that drama you were talking about, the, the I mean, he created thunder, mm-hmm. he created lightning, he created earthquakes, all the things that we can say like would get somebody's attention, he created, and so of course he can get our attention. That righteous indignation that will speak to us. Now, whether or not we respond to that, that's another thing. And our pastor, <laughs> which Ethan loves to quote this back to me, when confronted with the truth. People usually do one of two things, either get mad or change. And fortunately, I agree with Ethan. Probably got that from Tim. <laughs> he got that from our pastor, but he needs to quit quoting it to me. <laughs> but the idea, though, that God, even as you said earlier, Leviticus, the priest would come to them. Mm-hmm. That's not hunting you down. It's not right. Exactly. It's not, the, it's not the Spanish Inquisition. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're not looking to to come get you and and then punish you in some right. ways, right? Uh, or way. Uh, get you to cry uncle again. Mm-hmm. What, what we're doing is we're coming to you in the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it is, as you've been mm-hmm. saying, it's the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He is mm-hmm. uh, bringing a word. Right. And he's chosen a vessel to deliver the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that Absolutely. at all familiar in the Bible? Yes. All of those seers, the prophets, and then mm-hmm. even so Jesus. Mm-hmm. God brings a word, but I dare you to look at the life of Jesus and see anything but drama. Mm-hmm. Then you'll see, I mean, a, in a human image, you'll see all that greater things that that represents mm-hmm. with Love. the resurrection. But right. the actual material dimensions, if you didn't understand all of that or didn't, it, it fast forwarded mm-hmm. to when he ascended. You would say, this is just a, a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's drama and mm-hmm. drama and drama. Mm-hmm. And no, it's not for the sake of drama, but it's the motive. And right. we are, again, emotional creatures. And what powers us primarily, get this, it's fear. And so God takes that, neuroepinephrine, adrenaline, fight or flight, sympathetic mm-hmm. nervous system, mm-hmm. and turns that into something Awesome and wonderful. Right. It creates a motive to, to be safe. Mm-hmm. It creates a motive to pay attention, mm-hmm. to be aware, mm-hmm. to seek out an answer. Right. You take and disable that. And again, as I was saying earlier, you got like a lump on a log. Mm-hmm. Not a lump. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Boy, that's a motivator, isn't it? Fear. Whew, I feel like that God's been talking to me about that. That's a That's a big underlying thing that maybe we don't even realize how deep that goes but he doesn't want us to be afraid but I'm not giving you a spirit of fear and I want to finish that thought about the priest 
because it was so beautiful and I, oh, I couldn't tell you the last time I read Leviticus to be honest I'm that's just not one of my go-to books but you know and so studying it has been a great reminder but in that particular uh, sin offering it had to do with um, the skin diseases leprosy and things like that but in that particular one there was a lamb that was required and so the person was to bring two doves, two pigeons, two birds. But there was also to be a lamb. But the beautiful thing, I want to finish that so our listeners can understand. Not only did the priest come to them, you know, they were outside the camp. They were unclean. So they were not exactly, you know, part of everything, already isolated. The priest would go to them. And then, and then there was this lamb that was killed. But then, the beautiful part, not only are they restored, not only this big dramatic fashion and the blood and sprinkling and all this kind of thing, a show, maybe you just, you know, all this has to happen. Then they pour oil on their head, and then they treat them, that person, as a priest. Mm. Is that not beautiful? Well, and, and so they're restored not only, you know, to not be unclean anymore, but then they're on the same level. So Christ, once He dies for us, then we're, we're with we Him. Not, this, that we, yeah, not that we become no, God. No, but time. we do the same thing. And, and in that way, when you begin to, and you did that perfectly, again, completely, when you begin to associate then the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus mm-hmm. to material dimension and then all the drama, all of a sudden you begin to understand, yes, it's part of the motive. It's mm-hmm. not the entirety. You're right. Mm-hmm. It's not the entirety of the motive. But it's the part of the motive, though, that catches our awareness. Mm -hmm. We have to contend with that in some sort of a way. And God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, courage, and a sound mind. Mm -hmm. But that's the (laughs) the parasympathetic nervous system, which in of itself has serotonin, Mm -hmm. has an energy about Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But it's the interaction of both. To, to know courage, you have to first know fear. To even know when it's a matter of courage or even choice. Mm-hmm. You can't just co- clean that registry completely. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. And drama is not going to go away. And heaven is not, in my opinion, again, a matter... I say again because I keep saying perfect, complete. Mm-hmm. Heaven is a balance of both of those things. There has to be a snake in the garden as much as there has to be the tree of life. You can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. That doesn't justify the snake and it doesn't right. justify the devil or Satan being in the garden. Right. But it does point out the human operations mm-hmm. as I've tried to define it, such crude terms on the mm-hmm. podcast today. The idea though is we've got both. And probably what gets most people into my office, your office, it's the former rather than the latter. They're operating out of fear. Mm -hmm. And then they need an advocate with the Father. They need the Word. They need to go through those stages. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're all of grief, but Mm -hmm. they look an awful lot like that. There's something that's happened. Mm -hmm. There's a threat. You know, all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you don't have nothing or the thing that was most important to you now is gone from you and you don't Mm -hmm. know where it is and you're starting to figure out why it happened. Do you blame yourself? Do you blame somebody else? How do we reconcile this? You sit down or need to sit down maybe with yourself. Take the Bible mm-hmm. out. Allow, so certainly the Holy Spirit's always with you. Allow Him to converse with you. But sometimes you do need an advocate, mm-hmm. Jesus. But sometimes in a physical dimension, you need mm-hmm. to sit down with somebody and sort it out. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. But if you don't move beyond the anger, mm-hmm. even if it's righteous indignation, mm-hmm. or if you don't move beyond that point of some denial, mm-hmm. or you're not wanting to deal with it, or you're still trying to run from it, you're right. still in those primary kind of emotional, sympathetic nervous system reactions to it, fight or flight, then you're never going to really get into the serotonin because the parasympathetic, that's where all the brain stuff, the good brain stuff, Mm -hmm. that's where the Holy Spirit, he's not there, but he can talk to that part of you much easier. Mm -hmm. So you talk about Elijah, but it's that earthquake, wind, and fire. Mm -hmm. That's the drama. Mm -hmm. You know, we did that podcast last week on Job or the last podcast on Job. Mm That's the drama mm-hmm. is all of that has to proceed or precede <clears throat> and out of that proceeds then the opportunity to have an audience with God. Elihu included. You do your whole intellect, your human intellect thing. Mm-hmm. But until you can understand that in that way and know what you're heading for, mm-hmm. you'll just blame everybody else or you'll live in perpetuity shame and guilt and you'll never be restored Fear. and God will, God will come out to find you mm-hmm. where are you what, what are your countenance following where are you Cain mm-hmm. why do you look so bleak mm-hmm. what in the world have you done knowing full well what he's done right and I don't think there's any excuse for murder mm-hmm. I don't you know Cain Abel Cain right. so Abel but at the same time and there's some things like that that are probably unpardonable in some dimension but even then, though, I'd like to believe God was not looking to destroy Cain. It's just the first evidence of what we're really capable of. Not only mm-hmm. will we kill our brother, we can kill ourselves in the same way or allow the devil mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to inspire us, that condemnation, mm-hmm. that temptation, to kill others and kill ourselves mm-hmm. along the way or kill ourselves and then resultingly contribute to the death of others. Mm. I wonder how Eve felt. <laughs> When that all happened, I mean, that knowing that she had a part in that, I hate to say that, but that, you know, that's, that comes up where, where, what's our part in this? And even with that conversation with that young girl last night, I just, she wanted to, you know, she was very angry and just upset and, and wanting to, you know, deal with it in, in, in all kinds of unhealthy ways. And my heart went out to her, but at the same time, I was mad for her because I could see, I could see the path that she was going down. And, and a lot of that was based in fear. And that's what I was sharing with Tim. And, you know, he said, what are you doing? And I just, you know, I shared with him a little bit, you know, my heart goes out to her, but, you know, not just the Holy Spirit led me to her, but, you know, when you can see beyond, when you can see, and I think the Holy Spirit gives us illumination on that. And so when people come into, to covenants, it's not us judging in the book by its cover like we talked about last week it's the holy spirit revealing things to us that i know you're afraid and i know this may look really crazy and dramatic and there's lots of drama swirling around this young girl's life but we can cut through that to what really needs to be said or what really needs to be happen and and so i kind of laid it out to her a little bit and and then she was quiet and i was like hmm i'm gonna let that sit with her because you know, she needed to see somebody stable. I feel like it's when the Holy Spirit, I'm not comparing myself to the Holy Spirit, but when He speaks to us and we're all like, woo, you know, <laughs> whatever it is that we're you know, dealing with, that we're swirling all around. And when He when he shows up, the wind and the waves calm down because He's in control of it all anyway, but we can hear, we can listen to that still small voice 
And I was thinking about Elijah. I said Elijah because he's the, the dramatic, you know, <laughs> yes, all the things that happened. But I'm thinking, maybe, did I get that confused with Elijah? No, it was Elijah when he went into the the um, storehouse, the uh, broom. Help me. <laughs> I was going to say broom closet. That's not it. Is it um, he was in the little uh, room hiding. Mm. And he's, you know, they're going to kill me, and I'm the last one, and I'm the weakest one out of all of them. And, you know, just... Well, and, and the notion that we all are there at some point, even the greatest of us, mm-hmm. and were we to be at all great, it would be because of the Holy Spirit. Right. And, and even as much as, again, God speaks to us in that calm, still voice, mm-hmm. but He also speaks to us in the fire. But, right. but well, at least with Elijah, He mm-hmm. wasn't in the fire. The voice wasn't. But the fire sets up mm-hmm. the voice. It yeah. creates in a human dimension a need for mm-hmm. seeking God mm-hmm. so He can minister to us. Right. And I'm thinking of even Jesus and in righteous indignation. Mm-hmm. God gets angry. Mm-hmm. Jesus got angry. So it's not even that that would be so removed. Mm-hmm. But it's a pattern or a process that has stages that becomes a pattern. Mm-hmm. And if we recognize what that process looks like, the pattern of that, mm-hmm. it won't spare us. It just helps us to cooperate more. Mm-hmm. But by the time somebody sits down with somebody, hopefully they're beginning to enter into some place where they really want to talk. Mm-hmm. Except that they would want to trick you, as mm-hmm. the person they're talking to, into agreeing with them that they're... God's wrong, right. Right. <laughs> they're wrong, or, you know, it's not part of his plan. Mm-hmm. Everything's part of his plan. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a partner to, to... So, I don't know that I want to, and I certainly wouldn't, and with intention, exploit the fear, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to remove that. That's what got them there, and as long as there's a need for them to persist, mm-hmm. then they need to persist, but God's in charge of that. And if I am allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me mm-hmm. in the determination of the yes and the no, the mm-hmm. boundaries. And mm-hmm. really that's kind of what we're saying too is these are all examples of boundaries. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about husbands and wife, but you know, sometimes what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband, as the Apostle Paul would say it. Mm-hmm. You can't. Sometimes as a spouse, you can again feel for them, you can hurt for them. You can even maybe agree in terms of the anger that might be directed toward them. Mm-hmm. But you need to take your hands off of it and let that be, allow that to be between them and God. Exactly. Yes. Because if you can do that, mm-hmm. and that's what God's been teaching you, and you mm-hmm. said you're getting to this another another yeah. level or four, yeah. a, a level is fuller yeah. of this dimension Closer. of relationship or a deeper relationship, yeah. however you want to describe mm-hmm. it, with God. And, and I think those are the kind of things, though. He does that inside of us. And then as we would experience that, we can share that with other people mm-hmm. or persons in that way. Same thing with the counseling. We do that in session with the person, and hopefully they're able to take and extract that part or that, mm-hmm. that experience of that. Maybe they knew it already, but they just needed somebody right. that could sit down with them and be that mm-hmm. calm, mm-hmm. that person that's not going to be overly reactive mm-hmm. in that circumstance. It's not the time, the place to mm-hmm. do that. 
Mm-hmm. Although I have at times said, you know, it sounds to me like you want me to agree with you that there is no way in the world you're going to get better. So I'm not going to do that, but I mean in some right. sort of a dramatic way in yes. the counseling session because they needed to hear that too. Yes. But it is though that they come to see you and you give them that opportunity mm-hmm. to sort that out. Mm-hmm. Which is what I was doing with this young lady. I hate to keep referring back to her, but that's exactly what I was doing because I was not going to get in her... Um, narrative of you know everybody's at fault and you know poor me and they they're so mean and you know that kind of stuff and I just wasn't going to go there and if that's what you want then you know it's okay but I'm, I'm not giving that to you I'm going to be honest with you and I'm going to mm-hmm. care and have compassion but I'm not going to sit here and act like you don't have any other options and let's blame everybody for your problems. Right. But we would then otherwise not play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. But I have been known at times though to, to engage as iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. I have at times been engaging. Mm-hmm. If they want to go back and forth, mm-hmm. I'll do some of that Job's friend stuff. Yeah, and that's sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And that really takes yes, a lot of uh, listening because you have to know when to push and when not to push. And that, that you know, takes some, some supernatural wisdom. And we were talking before we came, mm-hmm. uh, kind of did the bond, we began to record mm-hmm. the podcast today, uh, came to the studio. We were talking about parenting. Mm-hmm. I, I do the same thing with my son. Mm-hmm. I, I don't provoke him <laughs> to anger. I don't <laughs> want to do that, nor would I anybody else. But he needs sometimes somebody to wrestle with. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get down on the floor and wrestle with him, mm-hmm. or I'm not going to harm him in that way. But we go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's the way it's supposed to be. And he gets emotional, and mm-hmm. I get emotional. And mm-hmm. I can remember, too, those times when he was really small, and he fell down, and he hurt himself. And I'd get emotional then, too. <laughs> Because right. I could, because I was like, ah, oh, this could should happen, and mm-hmm. you know, and I could figure out was it going to be bad at him because he got hurt? Was it going to be bad at whoever it was that left that out that he otherwise tripped over? Was it going to be mad at God? I mean, no, you can't be mad at anything. Mm-hmm. It just happens. But my initial reaction is fight or flight. Mm-hmm. He's my son, and I'm going to protect him. Right. Right. You know, and and so you have to. Understand, it's got to be. <laughs> There's an element of wisdom there, right? And the wisdom comes from the Holy Spirit, exactly. Who guides us through that, but right. it's not an uh, an automatic mm-hmm. clarity, right? But it should be within the context of the pattern mm-hmm. and the process. Mm-hmm. You'll get to a moment of clarity, mm-hmm. right? It's it is just like Elijah, earthquake, wind, and fire, and then you'll hear the voice. But you've got to do it. Mm-hmm. That really is mm-hmm. the, maybe the end, mm-hmm. as the podcast would be today of the beginning that I started with is that we can do all of this with you. I will do all mm-hmm. of this with you. Mm-hmm. I'll roll up my sleeves and go through any and all of this with you as mm-hmm. much as is right for me to do. But at the same time, you've still got to do something. If mm-hmm. you're the person mm-hmm. that's come in to see me, mm-hmm. it's on you to now do what God's called you mm-hmm. to do. We can't drag them. You know, I, I picture her, you know, us coming alongside them. We're walking with them. You know, we love <clears throat> our listeners and we want them to to continue their journey. But if they fall down, we're not gonna we're not gonna say, Well, hang on, I'm gonna pull you through the I'm gonna drag you through this and you might be kicking and screaming. That's not how it works. It won't work if we try to do that. And so <laughs> when you said that about your son getting hurt Bella last night showed me a scar on her arm, and she said, do you know what this scar's from? I said, no, I don't know. 
She said, that's when I got cut with a knife, like a paring knife or something. She said, and I probably needed stitches. But you said, you'll be okay. Go put a Band-Aid on it. And she said, and now look, there's a scar there. <laughs> but I was thinking about how sometimes we use that, you know, the Holy Spirit will speak to us. And, and it's, it may be in a split-second decision. It may be, you'll be okay. Go put a Band-Aid on it. And, and maybe there is something left over. Maybe we do see the consequence mm. when God speaks to us. And maybe there is something that we can have to deal with. But and, that's okay. And that's good parenting. And God is, again, our Father. Right. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be scars. There's not going to be yes. consequences of when we, when we didn't want to get up. And we, you know, maybe He, and I believe, you know, God will, <laughs> He will force us. But he's going to not let go. And if that looks like a struggle, like you said with your son, then that's what it looks like. But he's not going to give up on us. Well, and I thought uh, I was thoughtful of Jonah on, mm-hmm. on the hillside. I mean, there's a, <laughs> yeah. a clear example of mm-hmm. where Jonah created all of that for mm-hmm. himself. Right. And struggled with the yay and the nay and the mm-hmm. yes and the no. Mm-hmm. And God had to lead him through it. And mm-hmm. certainly there was drama and there's whales right. and sea and mm-hmm. ships and, you know, just turbulence. And then there's the these people that you don't like, mm-hmm. you know, Nineveh, uh, Syrians, I, I believe it is. That the idea, though, that all of this... And in the end, all we know is that he was on the hillside. And he had not yet fully repented. And we presume God was not going to do anything more, at least in that moment, Mm -hmm. than what he did. Because that's all he could do. That's all Mm -hmm. that Jonah would necessarily allow allow him him to do. do. And, And so I think when we talk about this in these terms... I just want our listeners to know that once you've been given your direction and your order, you can still struggle with God. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you may blame God then Mm -hmm. in the struggle, or you may get mad at Him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as you said, most of this stuff always has not only some bit of a scar attached to it, Mm -hmm. but it always heals. Right. (laughs) He's he's the bomb of Gilead. There's always healing, but we learn from it. We Mm -hmm. learn. Absolutely. As you were pointing out, our relationship with God deepens. Mm -hmm. And then we put this in the category of maybe some real literal, pragmatic sort of terms of learning. But more than that, we just learn how God redeems, Mm -hmm. how God helps us through, Mm -hmm. what it's like. We remember what it was like. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, we can find joy in that Mm -hmm. even as we're going through it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that it would be of anything but of God's creation. Mm But the assurance that we don't go through it alone. That we have, again, yeah. not only a counselor, but we have a paraclete. Right. Holy Spirit. We have Jesus, the yes. advocate with the Father. And we have God's eye. Mm-hmm. He's constantly watching mm-hmm. over us. Mm-hmm. We just don't always see it quite that way. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of it. Oh, isn't that just like our children? We constantly are keeping an eye on our kids, but do they like it? <laughs> or do they even want it? Sometimes they don't want us to be their parent. But, you know, that's that's okay because we're still going to love them. We're still not going to give up on them. And that's a beautiful thing when you said that is I was thinking how that flows through us to those that come to see us, that we can share that with them. We can share what we've not only went through or learned, but encourage them that that can happen for you too. And you can see, you know, not only maybe a redemption, but you can 
see a little bit behind the curtain what's going on here and you know hopefully receive some consolation out of that wherefore the brethren or whether wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure for if you do these things you shall never fall at second peter uh, we did that in a not too long ago podcast uh, <laughs> talked about the um, virtue that wisdom, as you described it, mm-hmm. uh, and the divine nature, mm-hmm. as the uh, as Peter described it, but it just reinforces, I think, what we've been saying today is, you know, the election isn't necessarily, to be sure, isn't necessarily to presume that we're always going to have an answer immediately mm-hmm. given to us, uh, but it's all relationship. Mm-hmm. And it all looks like these things we've spoken of today, either out of some personal reference mm-hmm. or talking as with ourselves mm-hmm. or talking about our personal experiences, working with other people mm-hmm. uh, or more generally in a biblical. Con- it's just this is this is life, folks. Mm-hmm. And are we willing to then accept that or lament? Mm-hmm. And should we accept and then accept Jesus has been given to help us through it? The paraclete, right. Right. Jesus left so that his Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit, so we can have the comfort, the guidance, the leading to get through it. He's given us others like you mm-hmm. and, and others that help people, me, that help people counsel people and encourage people and people in the church and all of those things. God gives us those people to help mm-hmm. us get through this. Right. But if you lament, you'll just end up again like Job. Right. You'll just end up being in that point or that mm-hmm. place where you deny yourself entry into mm-hmm. heaven. Mm-hmm. And what is heaven? Heaven, again, is the completion. It's the perfection. It's the getting to the place of acceptance mm-hmm. and allowing then God to do what he has planned all along, which is to not destroy you, mm-hmm. but to bring more life, mm-hmm. to restore, to mm-hmm. add to and to grow, mm-hmm. and the, as you said, the anointing. Mm-hmm. That's the anointing. It's that washing. It's the mm-hmm. cleansing mm-hmm. so that we can get out tomorrow. Go out tomorrow. Right. Yeah, you'll get dirty again. You'll maybe fall down. Right. But you'll get closer and closer to God, mm-hmm. and it's one step closer to eventually getting rid of the mortality. Mm-hmm. You know, the aspect exactly. of why is this all here? Because we are carnal creatures. Mm-hmm. We are spiritual first. But we have carnality. Mm-hmm. God has created us in a material dimension with in carnality. In this world, but not of it. Which is corruptibility. Tell our listeners <laughs> how to get a hold of us. I'd be glad to. And I hope that you do reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. You can give us a call if you'd like to come in and see us. We would love that. 304-528-9220. You can go to our Facebook page, Covenants. You can find our podcast also there and hopefully some encouragement along the way. Or you can go online to covenantsonline.com. Or you can shoot us an email. There's all kinds of ways to get a hold of us. I knew I was forgetting something. Send us an email, covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. And, you know, they can just go to their search engine and Mm -hmm. type in what is Covenant Specialized Mm -hmm. Pastoral Care, Mm -hmm. Michael David Clay or Dave Clay even, and it'll come up Mm -hmm. on the search engines, the podcast, uh, in the search engines. But in the meantime... I would want yes. to encourage all of you listeners, and Carolyn, you too. Okay. That's <laughs> kind of okay, isn't it? I want you to be blessed. I want you to enjoy your life, enjoy okay. your relationship you have with God, the people that God has given you in your life, and recognize that that really is the greatest thing about life, is you don't go through it alone. 
Uh, God is always there. He's given us plenty enough love to spread. And uh, you too can be an ambassador of Christ. We hope you'll come back and join us again for our next podcast, What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care, Christian Counseling Ministry, with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay.